Hello everyone, welcome to episode 15 of the NFNL podcast. I'm Samuel Zito, joined this week by Jared Gardner. Throughout the course of the program, we'll also have special guests, including Craig Hayes, the coach of the Diamond Creek Football Club, following his side's win over Altham at the weekend, which keeps their finals hopes alive in second division. We'll also have a chat with John Garrard, coach of the NFNL's newest club, Old Altham Collegians, who recorded a gutsy four-point win over the Heidelberg West Footy Club on Saturday. Jared, it was an important week in the Northern Football Netball League, given we were, of course, uh, playing through Sir Douglas Nichols' round. It was great to see the Indigenous footballs in use in both the senior men's and the senior women's football competitions. Once again, the heavy weather took its toll and produced a few upset results right around the senior competition. What did you make of the weekend that we just saw? Yeah, it's been a a huge weekend in the Northern Football Netball League. It's just uh, some results have thrown up some some more storylines once again uh, going into the last kind of month and a half of the season. There's just so many spots up for grabs in the finals across all three divisions and um, there's, there's a lot to play out and it's going to be a very exciting finish to the season. Yeah, well, we're getting towards the pointy end now, aren't we? In the top flight, Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 and, and also in A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2, we're already 12 rounds in. And, and in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, round 13 just completed. So we're basically we're only just a t- tick over a month away from finals footy. And it's great that all three competitions are alive and well, given, as you say, that there's final spots that are, are wide open and, and even the double chance in, in play in some of those competitions as well. Plus, we've also got relegation, which is, is always uh, something that's interesting in the top flight, albeit at the moment, Lowell Plenty, unfortunately for them, in the box seat uh, as, as in terms of the relegation stakes. Was there any story in particular that uh, you thought was, was biggest that, that occurred over the course of the weekend? Well, obviously, you can't go past the Heidelberg-Greensboro match. A, a cracking finish to that one. Chris Clark, unfortunately, just missing with his snap, just hitting the post, and um, his side go down by two points, their first loss of the 2019 season. But the biggest one for me was uh, Diamond Creek getting that upset win over Altham in Division 2 because Altham, or the Diamond Creek, sorry, we're really looking at going a game behind in that finals race. Fitzroy and Thomastown obviously playing against each other. Thomastown getting the win and Altham of Diamond Creek just did what they needed to do against Altham and, and got that win and is still in with a shot at that at final spot division two. Yeah, it's it's changed. It's really turned on its head given the results from the weekend because I think going in, I, I felt that almost the Fitzroy Stars were the favourite against Thomastown given the recent form line over the past month. Had they, they have won and Diamond Creek lost, the Creekers would have been, you know, really in trouble in terms of playing finals footy. Would have been, um, you know, I think it's four points in percentage behind the Stars. As it's turned out, they've they've beaten them, and now they're just two points behind uh, behind Thomastown. Obviously, the, the Bears getting the win rather, but Diamond Creek's win just just massive in in the context of their season and and keeps them right in the hunt. And and the Stars, well, they're the biggest loser of the round. Now they are six points outside of the top four percentage isn't great but we do know they've got the buy in play as well they also have a game in hand but it now means that in the run home their I guess their fate's not in, in their own hands given the fact that they're going to need Thomastown to, to drop some games in the run home and even if Thomastown does they're going to have to find a way to get you know over the top of Diamond Creek as well the Creek is currently with the superior percentage but only 7%. That's salvageable if you can win a few games. On with you, obviously, the, the big story, obviously, was uh, in, in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 was Greensboro losing its first game, and it couldn't have come in closer circumstances. As you say, Chris Clark's late shot with two minutes to go hits the post. Heidelberg records a memorable victory. We'll look at that one in more depth in, in the coming minutes as well. So that was obviously a big one. Also thought in... in in terms of Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, the top two just showed their might. We, we knew going into the round it was the top four playing off against one another. Uh, obviously, it was Lorimer travelling out to Kilmore, which has been a very happy hunting ground for the Bears this season, uh, for the Blues rather, this season. They've had some dominant wins, including keeping Panton Hill to just three goals up at their home ground. But uh, this time around, after a fast start, they were really kept in check for the rest of the day by Lorimer's side, which is, for mine, you know, really now, you know, looking at it, almost going through for a perfect season. 11 straight wins they've had. They've got another big test when they host the Panton Hill Footy Club later in the year, but 
the way it's going, they just keep finding ways to win and, and they're a chance to potentially go through and have a perfect home and away record. I'm sure they're only looking you know, one week at a time, as, as we all know, in football parlance, but they're, they're looking really good. And, and obviously, Panton Hill winning as well means there's a game and percentage gap from second to third now. So those two sides looking the goods to get the double chance in the finals. Yeah, it's it's huge for Lorimer. They, they've come into the league a couple of years ago and... Um, the first couple of years, they're developing the kids and developing a few guys, but now they've finally got a good group of, of core players set and, and winning games. And it's what the really good teams do. They they find ways to win games against those teams that are towards the top of the ladder. They've, they've beaten Panton Hill this year. They've beaten Kilmore. And uh, it's just, you don't know really know who's going to stop them come finals time. Well, exactly right. And they've beaten both of... of Kilmore and Panton Hill away from home as well. We know that they've done it to the double now against the Blues, given the fact they beat them at home earlier in the year. But to, to go away from home, be 20 points down at quarter time and, and thereafter kick 10 goals to two, pretty impressive. And as we said, Panton Hill was too good for South Morang, winning that one there by 29 points. It now means that when you look at ladder positions, Panton Hill second, 36 points, percentage of 239 against Kilmore, who's third with 32 points, a percentage of 154. It's going to take Panton Hill losing two games from here for Kilmore to have any chance of jumping up. And I guess another big story in the Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 was Old Eltham downing Heidelberg West. So that race is well and truly on for the fourth spot. Each of South Morang, Heidelberg West and Mernda have played the 12 games and just two points separate those three sides in the race home. So uh, each of those will play four more games and it's going to come down to the very last week, you feel, to determine which side plays finals. Also, a really good news story coming out of the women's competitions of, over the weekend was Bendigo Thunder winning its first game of the season. It's been a really tough campaign for a side which dominated the first two years, won both the top-flight premierships, but this year in ANZ Division 1, haven't recorded a win. That was until the weekend. They downed West Preston Lakeside in a two-goal result, kicked the opening three goals, and then held on in the second half. So it means now that across our senior men's and women's competition, it's only Reservoir that hasn't had a win at, at senior level, but they perhaps get an opportunity this week when they take on Laylor. So it's good to see the Thunder getting off the off the mark this year and recording their first win. Yeah, 100%. They, they've been such a, a dominant force over the first two seasons of the women's competition. And to see them get a win on the board finally this season, it's it's great to see. Uh, and obviously with Reservoir, the only team yet to record a win in 2019, you said that they travelled to Laylor this week and, and a really good opportunity. They, they played a good match against Myrna on the weekend. It went down by 40 points or so, but... Um, to kick nine goals when it's on a day which is really hard to score, it's a good job from um, from Reservoir, and, and they'll go with a bit of confidence into this late law matchup this week. Yeah, absolutely, and did it with a new coach at the helm as well. So they uh, Reservoir for them maybe take something out of that game, which they can take into this week's fixture against Layla. We're going to go to a short break. On the other side of this, we are going to look at the action that unfolded in Meadows Greyhounds Division One from Round Twelve, and have a look forward to Round Thirteen. You are listening to the NFNL podcast. The Meadows Conference and Events Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, the Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. It was certainly an eye-catching round in round 12 of Meadows Greyhounds Division 1, where, as we said in the intro, Heidelberg handed Greensboro's first loss of the season, 7 goals, 5-47, to the Borough, 6-9-45. We also had North Heidelberg, 10-7-67, defeat Hurstbridge, 6-13-49, Lowell Plenty, 5-11-41, lost to West Preston Lakeside, 12-16-88, McLeod, 11-8-74, downed Bandura, 8 goals, 9 and Northcote Park, four goals, 5-29. Held goalless in the second half in going down to Montmorency, 9-10-64. And Jared, all of a sudden, the top five just has a familiar feel about it with McLeod and West Preston now jumping in and sitting in fourth and fifth, uh, fifth place respectively. It's almost the latter that at the start of the year, if you had to have your predictions and, and look back at those, you might well have had each of those five sides in it. Maybe Bundura, the one side that's not there that uh, we thought might be a bit higher up, but 
all of a sudden these powerhouse sides of recent years are starting to find form at the right time. Yeah, exactly. And it's amazing to see that after the start to the season, McLeod and West Preston both had, we, we spoke about neither of them making finals about four or five rounds in and suddenly both of them jumping into the top five uh, after this round of footy and, and probably looking in really good positions to, to snag those final two two spots in the in the top five with uh, Montmorency, Bandura just don't look up to it at the moment. Uh, there's still a lot to play out in the season, but McLeod probably look in the box seat to, to get a, a spot in West Preston uh, look ahead of probably the pack. Yeah, well, with McLeod, I guess what works in their favour is that they've got that the half game there. Yeah. So that that's in some ways you could look at it two ways. It might be as good as a win because other sides are going to have to win one more game than them. They might argue that they would have preferred a win than a draw at the time, but certainly it works in their favour. But you've got McLeod fourth, West Preston fifth. When you look at their runs home, we know that McLeod's already played each of the top three twice. West Preston Lakeside only has to play North Heidelberg of those three. And then you look at the sides who are below them. It's only on percentage at the moment. West Preston on 20 points. They've got Montmorency, Bandura and North Park below in 6th, 7th and 8th. Also on 20 points. So it's percentage is going to play a major factor in the year. But Montmorency still has to play both of Heidelberg and North Heidelberg again. Bandura, well, they've fallen into a real slump, haven't they, in, in recent weeks. And, and their run home still has them to play Greensboro and North Heidelberg. So they're going to obviously have to, to lift the gear there um, and, and play Heidelberg as well, actually. So they've got probably the toughest run of, of them all. And Northcote Park, well, their percentage is 15% worse than West Preston Lakeside, which if you win games, as we, we know, you, you do pick that up. But they've still got to travel to Greensboro, um, also to Heidelberg and to North Heidelberg. So they've got some tough runs. So you'd argue that the sides that are currently there have the clearest run home. Granted, you just can't take any side lightly this year, as we've seen with some upset results up until this point of the season. Yeah, well, exactly. And we could get another day like we, we got on the weekend and uh, some some results get thrown up and we, we don't really know what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, as you said, it's probably McLeod, that, that half a game that they've got at the moment, it's it's on them. If they just need to win out and win games, and, and they get a final spot, uh, whereas West Preston and, and Montmorency are, are really chasing McLeod at the moment. So uh, they they're kind of fighting with each other, and those results towards the end of the season will really make a huge difference. And it's that percentage looks like it's going to be playing a huge factor when it comes to finals time. Yeah, I feel like we're going to be reaching for the the calculator on that last day of the home and away season, trying to determine which side makes the top uh, five and, and which sides unfortunately miss out. So it's going to be a, a certainly a very, very exciting run home. If you look back at the weekend, obviously the big game, it's hard to go past any any game that obviously involves the, the top two sides, particularly given the fact they hadn't played this year. So there was always the intrigue. I know the question was raised last week that if Heidelberg can't compete with Greensboro, then who can, given the fact that the Borough have been dominant throughout the, the opening 11 rounds. So, in a way, for the competition's sake, I think that we saw a side emerge and, and show that they can certainly contend. We'll see that potentially again this weekend. The Borough hosting North Heidelberg, who are starting to you know, notch some wins again under their belt and I'm sure have a point to prove after being comfortably defeated the last time the sides met, albeit that was at Shelley Reserve, this one at War Memorial Park. But if we look at the, the game in isolation, Heidelberg up against Greensboro, the Tigers, they're in second spot. They won at the weekend without any of Sam um, Grimley, Michael Brunelli, Will Goss, Aaron Crisp. So they're going to get stronger. They're a hard side at times, though, to work out because they've had some dominant wins against good sides, but they've also you know, dropped games at times where we just thought that they wouldn't lose. Yeah, exactly. And and it, the, the the two times they've played, well, they played Greensboro obviously on the weekend and get a real scrappy win in those heavy conditions. But when they played North Heidelberg a couple of weeks ago, it's the same kind of conditions and they're able to put a really big score on the board against North Heidelberg side, which we've known to, to score really heavily and, and have a, a lot of guys in, in that forward line who can kick multiple goals. So they, they've done well against those top, top, those top teams, but then they lose to lower plenty and they lose to some of these lower ranked teams and it just doesn't doesn't make sense and it's just so hard to get a read on but I guess the only teams you've got to beat come finals time is the one, ones in the top five and if they're beating those teams it's a good sign. Well absolutely if you look at their, their form line so far this year they've, if you look at the current top five obviously they're 1-0 now against Greensboro 1-1 one one against North Heidelberg who they beat most recently 
did drop one against McLeod last week, but still one and one there. And they're also two and zip against West Preston Lakeside. So if we were to hit finals at this time, they go they haven't got a losing record, so to speak, against any of the top five sides. We do know there's obviously still a return fixture up against Greensboro, but that, that, that win there, that really opens up the competition. Uh, Tom Sullivan and Sam Gilmore are producing outstanding 2019 campaigns. They were amongst the, the best players once again. It was a heavy track at Warringle Park um, and, and I think early goals is what was important for Heidelberg. Kick four of the first five did go behind later in the day as well, but it meant that when they were behind, it was only ever, never more than you know ten points or so. I think that the, the margin at the most that they they trailed by was I think it was eight points at one stage. So they were always within touching distance and um, shared the goals around, albeit there wasn't many to be had for Greensboro. Obviously now they've been dominant through the opening eleven weeks. They'll reassess after losing that one. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination it's going to derail their campaign. They're still well and truly the the dominant side, given the fact that they're still two games clear and a heck of percentage, even with that loss, the percentage remains above 200. But it, what it does do is it now they now know that there's they've got some stiff competition and and that for mine, probably um, you know, is, is a good thing for them because it just gets rid of any potential complacency that can come into a side that's, you know, maybe rolls through a home and away season. Now they've got a real point to prove to, to really show that they are the top dog in the competition. But um, from, a, I guess, an unbiased point of view, it's great for the competition that the side can really challenge them. But I think the Borough now will... will I'll be really interested to see how they respond to that loss. Yeah, well, exactly. It, it comes with another tough test in, in the next round and they play against North Heidelberg. But this is something that will be really interesting come to the end of the season because once we get out onto Preston City Oval come finals time and you, you get onto those wide expanses and they can play really freely and get that ball inside forward 50 quickly, Greensboro can score so heavily and they, they've shown that this season. They've scored 200 more points than Heidelberg who are, who are second and, and they defend really well as well. So if they can get that ball moving and get it flowing how they like, it's going to be... It's real scary for other teams, but... We'll have to see if Heidelberg can be the ones to stop them. They didn't have Liam Reed at the weekend, which I think is important because Sam Gilmore's been in dominant form. So Gilmore was, I guess, the beneficiary of that. He, he, I mean, we've seen him smash the, the best ruckman in the competition uh, at times this year. So obviously that was a key player not playing for Greensboro. Also lost Nick Riddle late in the piece as well. So it'd be interesting to see whether how he pulls up going forward as well. Uh, you know, that could be that could really compound the loss as well. The fact that they lost their first game and then potentially lose. You know, arguably the best player in the competition for some time um, to come. So that'll be a big one, but certainly no bigger test to, to bounce back from that one than taking on the side that's now third in the ladder in, in North Heidelberg. So that's a, an interesting game. If we look at the other results, obviously we've talked about McLeod um, getting through Bandura by 17 points. Also, the game between Northcote Park and Mont, which Mont won. So we knew that a top five spot was on the line. Are you surprised in, in terms of any of the results from, from those games there, or did they pan out as, as we may have anticipated? Uh, probably how I tipped them, I thought that w- that was probably the res- how the results were going to go. McLeod at home, they've finally hit their straps in 2019, and they're playing some really good footy now, and uh, a, a good win over Bandura, 17 points, so it was a close one, but they were able to, to get that win, and uh, Montmorency is about what I expected. Northcote Park have, have really struggled and obviously a hu- huge losses in Ash Close and Jackson Stasevich in the last few weeks. So, And plus, didn't have Lockie Boscarini. He was best on yeah. round the week prior in the win against Bandura, but was unavailable at the weekend. So that's a, a telling blow. And you don't quite have the depth. You just can't afford for you know, to lose your, your better players to cover them. They were up by seven points at halftime, but didn't kick a goal thereafter. Uh, interesting, you look at um, Big Paddy Fitzgerald, kicked 11 the last time the sides met, only one this time, but they still get the result. I reckon that's just as pleasing for Gary Ramsey to think that they don't rely on you know a heavy output from their, their star forward, that they can still get the win. And, and they're becoming a very good wet weather side. We saw them towel up Hurst Bridge a few weeks ago, and when the rain came down after half-time at Bill Laurie Oval, they were able to produce the win. And then if you're looking at those other two results, North Heidelberg did what was required against Hurstbridge, got an 18-point win, which I think is the same winning margin when the sides met earlier in the year at Ben Freelay Oval. So scores level at halftime. The Dogs kicked away during the third term, but it was five goals, one 
to one goal five in the third quarter, and that proved to be the difference in the end. The Dogs winning by 18 points despite having two fewer scoring shots. So they've won all three games without Brent Harvey and also Billy Hogan in their side, and now they get to a a big fixture against Greensboro where they'll feel they have a point to prove, but at the very least, Jared, they've for mine, they've basically gone and secured a double chance for the second year in a row. 12 points clear of fourth place, McLeod. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're a side that has always been known to be so dangerous in this Division 1. And uh, they they lose Brent Harvin, they lose Billy Hogan, but then they gain Jesse Tardio back from injury a couple of weeks later. So uh, they've just got so many players who can come in and, and be so damaging. Jai Badley-Kali, who has started his career more in the back line and, and using that that right boot to, to launch them out of defence, but has gone forward this year and is kicking goals and really helping Shane Harvey. Lee Gilbert is a, a veteran who's been doing it for so many years and, and is having another great season. Uh, they've just got so many players who are contributing, and, and especially even... We see Greensboro, we see they can score heavily and they can defend as well. North Idaho have got guys like Ryan McGee who just do jobs on the best, uh, the best forwards for opposition teams, so... They're always going to be dangerous and getting Brent Harvey and Billy Hogan, who Billy Hogan's probably leading their best and fairest this year. So it, it it's just going to be at another string to their bow for the last month and, month and a bit of the season. Yeah, and it makes it interesting this week if they regain those two and, and Greensboro potentially uh, lose Nick Riddle in that one. And then the other result saw West Preston Lake. So return to the winner's list. Downing lower plenty had the game probably in their grasp by halftime when they were five goals up and, and went on with the job to move back inside the top five. So this weekend, the games that we have ahead of us for round 13 obviously starts at Greensboro War Memorial Park with the Borough at home to North Heidelberg. West Preston Lakeside takes on McLeod. So it's fourth versus fifth. The winner to further elevate their finals chances. The loser potentially can drop outside of the top five this weekend depending on other results. But certainly there that even if they slip out they've still got better runs home than whoever may replace them in the top half Hurstbridge hosts Bundura Montmorency at home to Heidelberg and Northcote Park is at home again taking on lower plenty obviously there's going to be great intrigue in how Greensborough and North Heidelberg fare in that game there likewise at J.E. Moore Park where West Preston Lakeside and McLeod meet in the first of the grand final rematches for the year so it's taken us some time to get there but for mine, Jared, I'm as interested to see how Montmorency responds against Heidelberg. The Magpies are back now on the percentage outside the top five. They were absolutely trounced the last time these sides met. 21 goals was the difference. They'll feel they have a point to prove, and Heidelberg knows that they don't want to follow up a great win at Greensboro, against Greensboro, rather, and then back it up with a loss to one of their oldest rivals. Yeah, well, exactly. And they're going to look at the ladder and, and say, well, one of McLeod or West Preston Lakeside is going to lose unless it, unless it is a draw, but there's a there's a great chance for Montmorency to really jump into that top five and um, at the expense of, of McLeod or West Preston Lakeside. So it's a big task to to uh, to beat Heidelberg, but um, they'll they'll look go go into this match with a lot of fire in the belly and uh, there's lots to play for for Montmorency. And then obviously we know Northcote Park and Lowell Plenty. For mine, that's it's getting. Cl- Closer and closer to last chance saloon for lower plenty. Uh, if you talk about winnable games, this for one, it has to be one that they must be eyeing off. Even if they win, they'll still be at a minimum one game off the uh, off the closer side to them. But they just have to win that one. Northcote Park will. They've got one eye on obviously avoiding relegation, one eye on still playing finals. But that's a big one for them. And Hurstbridge against Bandura. Well, that offers great intrigue. We know the bridges beat the Bulls for the very first time when they met just uh, four or five weeks ago, that one at Yulong. This time around at home at Ben Freelay Oval, Hurstbridge knows a loss for them probably rules them out of the finals equation. For Bandura, well, they're just looking to end this losing streak now. They, I mean, it's almost a good thing for them being away from home for mine, given the fact they've lost their pass for at home. But last week against McLeod, put up a good fight, didn't get the result. It's now three consecutive defeats. If you look back, in fact, in their last five games, their only win is a one-point victory over Lower Plenty. So, Hurstbridge loss, I think, ends their finals hopes. But for Bandura, it may well do the same. Yeah, it's it's going to be a huge match out at Ben Oval, and 
there's there's so much to play for for both of these teams. It's going to be really interesting to see how that Hurstbridge attack, if if the conditions hold up, um, how they can they can go. And I saw it a couple of weeks ago. They're they're so potent when they go forward. And Cameron Cloak's obviously a, a big target up there. And guys like Bailey Jordan as well. And Cooper Perrin's done a great job this season. So it'll be very interesting interesting to see how the Bundura defence. Uh, cope with those guys and if they can hold them um, hopefully goalless yeah so to be a, a big game that one there of course uh, massive weekend they all feel like they're huge ones given how congested the ladder is so that's the round 13 action in the top flight Moving into A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2, where we've seen some ladder positions change over the course of the weekend. The results in Round 12 saw Diamond Creek register its best win of the campaign away from home. 11 goals, 8.74 over Altham, 5.9.39. The Fitzroy Stars went down to Thomastown for the NADOC Cup. The Stars, 5.11.41. No match for the Bears, 14.15.99. St. Mary's made it three wins on the trot winning 11-19-85 to Watsonia 5-10-40, and Whittlesey absolutely dominant in its win over Epping, kept the Blues goalless in the 20 goals 16-136 to 0 goals 4-4 result. As a result of all of that, Jared, we've got Whittlesey now a game and percentage clear in second spot. The race for fourth spot, well, it's still tight, but the Stars are just slipping out of that now, six points behind and towards the bottom end. It's great to see the the form of St Mary's, a side that's come up from third division last year and having a massive impact on the competition this year. Yeah, there's so many storylines out of Division 2 this year. Um, Banyol, obviously, the dominant side so far, but then Whittlesey uh, putting in a real great performance on the weekend to, to see them go a game and a half clear in second place. Uh, obviously, that loss really hurts Altham, but I think all the talk going into the latter part of the season is going to be about fourth spot and, and who's going to take that last position in the finals race for Division 2 because... Thomastown probably in the box seat at the moment, but uh, Diamond Creek and Fitzroy will be working very hard to take it off them. Absolutely. So they're going to have to just keep winning to avoid falling behind those two sides. But you talk about Whittlesey and Eltham. So as it stands, obviously, I guess everyone's probably making the assumption that Banyol's going to go on and, and claim the minor premiership. They are still a game and plenty of percentage clear of Whittlesey, and that's all with a match up their sleeve still as well. They've played 10 games. Everyone else in the top five's played 11, and they're still well clear of them. So if we, if we put, say that Banyol goes on to win the minor premiership, the, the next spot is, is second on the line. Look at Whittlesey's run home. So the Eagles are 32 points as opposed to Altham on 28. Percentage differential is about five and a half. So certainly enough that Altham can make up. But it's obviously that game difference that is their issue. Whittlesey's run home has them away to St. Mary's, home to the Fitzroy Stars, away to Banyul, home to Thomastown, and then away to Watsonia. So maybe the, the last game you'd say the absolute standout favourites given what St Mary's has produced in recent weeks you, you wouldn't want to uh, obviously take them lightly so it's not an easy run by any stretch Altham's run sees them take on the Fitzroy Stars away this week then they're home to Banyul away to Watsonia away to St Mary's and then home to Epping so in a way they play similar size but you say that with Epping playing both of Watsonia and Epping, uh, Altham playing both of, sorry, Watsonia and Epping, that you think that they've probably got the bit, bit more gentle run into the finals uh, stretch now that we, we get towards. So for, for Whittlesey, they're going to have to claim some, some big wins. But, you know, the, the way they're performing, you're going to expect them to, to really build towards the finals. They're in great touch. And, and if anything, Altham's been the side in, in more recent weeks that has just looked at that tad more, more vulnerable in a way. And if you look at the fact that they've beaten Epping convincingly, I know last week by 10 goals, but then you look at what Al, uh, what Whittlesey did to them at, at the weekend. Um, yeah, it's it's you'd almost argue that Whittlesey now is in the box seat despite having the tougher run. Yeah, definitely. They, they really do look the better side so far in 2019, but um, obviously that St Mary's side is just one that these top teams aren't going to want to come up against in, in this last part of the season because they're just so dangerous and they've found their feet in Division 2 now and, and really looking to be a side that can, can really challenge the top teams in on uh, the top teams on the ladder. What I like about them is, I mean, they've a couple of weeks ago, they lost probably a player who's been their key this year in Jacob Yeomans. But it's you look at their, their better players, and and you see a, it's it's always refreshing to see new new faces in amongst that. Rory Hanlon, Brandon Jones, and and well Jackson Walsh is having a, a, probably his best 
season to date at senior level, but they're the best three players at the weekend. Um, you know, they, they spread their goals as well. They don't seem reliant at all on, on one particular player, which is, is just so important. And I know that it's a, it's a fair turnaround at the weekend, what they produced against Watsonia compared to round one. The Saints... I think it's about 15 or 16 different players played in the round one game as opposed to the game that was played on the weekend in round 12. So they're obviously struggling with um, some key plays not being available, but really impressed by what St Mary's has been able to produce. We look at the, the middle part, and, and the, you, you mentioned it from the outset, talking about A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2, but when you look at fourth spot, Thomastown now obviously at the moment, hold it with 24 points. They've played 11 games. Diamond Creek's on 22 points, and they've played 11. And then the Fitzroy Stars are on 18 points, having played 10. It's, it is oh so tight. So games like we just saw at the weekend uh, are real eight-point games. And for Thomastown, what a, what a time to produce a, a dominant performance like that. All their better players were in great form. Vasilevsky, Natoli, Chapman, Capici, all amongst the best players. Capici himself kicked five goals. It was a great response. We know they've had a change in coach with Scott Plant to take the, the reins now that Ben Chapman has departed the club as of late last week. So really produced a, a great win and, and not only important to, I guess, end their own losing run, but for them, it just, it just builds belief more than anything, having having not won a game since going back to May. Yeah, well, exactly. They've been a side that over the last few years have looked to be a challenger in Division 2, but they've never kind of taken that step up into being a, a premiership contender. Um, but now they're, they're really up there with the top sides in Division 2, and, and you can see that they challenge... Uh, they can challenge the Banyuls and they can challenge the Whittlesees of the competition and, and really uh, put some pressure on them. So if they do get into finals, they can do some, some damage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the names ruled off before. If, if they're playing good footy, they're, they're going to be a hard side to stop Thomastown. The top two, when you look at the, the way they've played against them this year, they've played each of them just at one time, but lost by both games by single-digit margins. Altham's been the side they just haven't been able to compete with, and that's probably reflective even last year as well. I know there was one game they got they got within a point, but they've had some heavy losses over the past 18 months against the Panthers. Um, but yeah, it's funny to think that they were looking so vulnerable going into the weekend's game, but if they do make it, their, their form stacks up against top four sides, so it's, it's a big result for them, and I think more than anything else, that both they... I know Whittlesey's jumped a game and, and percentage clear in second, but both Thomastown and Diamond Creek, they're the biggest winners for mine out of out of the weekend. And, and the Creek as well, they had been competitive in games against top four sides, hadn't beaten a top four side this year. If you drew a line through their massive loss to Banyul, their other defeats, which included um, two losses to Whittlesey and a defeat earlier in the year to Eltham, plus one to Thomastown, their, their loss has been by an average of about three goals. So... It looked terrible that they hadn't won any of those games, but they were probably due to, to get one going their way and, a in the end, a comprehensive win away from home to win by six goals against Altham. And really, it's one of their better performances since playing off in the 2017 Grand Final. Yeah, 100%. They've, they've been a side that um, has always been thereabouts in Division 2 and they've got players like Jacob Booth kicks three goals, Ryan Pingree kicks three goals on the weekend and guys like Josh Marchbank, who's, who's probably one of, if not the best, Ruckman in, in A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2. They're, they've got so much talent in this side, and um, they can match it with the very best. So it's it's a result that probably internally they, they would have seen coming for a while, but um, it's, it's never been able to go their way, and, and finally they get that, that big scalp. You mentioned both Pingree and uh, and Booth there. They both kicked three goals at the weekend. Both kicked a, a re- real good goal for the highlights reel. Pingree going around the post is a bit similar to what Jack Higgins produced the, in the AFL last year to win goal of the year. And, and Booth, with the wind in his back, kicked a set shot that went every part of 60 metres. It was a massive one, so you can check those out on, on the video as well. So they're, the, they're important wins uh, for, for those two sides. We mentioned Thomastown and Diamond Creek. Looking ahead to this week, before we get to our interview with the coach of Diamond Creek, Craig Hayes. Big, big game for the Creekers to back up now. They've, they've obviously beaten Altham away, which is what you need to do to stay in the finals equation. Now they host Banyul with a real point to prove, given the fact that the last time the sides met, the margin was about 14 goals. So Diamond Creek will obviously be looking for a better result than that, but they come up against the Banyul side, which 
other than that slip-up against St Mary's, has certainly been the absolute benchmark this year. So, big one at Coventry Oval. We've also got Epping taking on Thomastown. The Bears look back after last week's performance, but they'll be wary of an Epping side, which didn't kick a goal at the weekend and, and will feel that they have a point to prove. St Mary's hosts Whittlesey at Watmore Park. You've already said it, but St Mary's is a side... Those that are in finals contention want to avoid playing. They consistently have had more scoring shots than their opposition. And now with three straight wins, this is not a straightforward match at all for the Eagles, despite their really good form of late. And then it wraps up at Sir Douglas Nichols Oval, where the Fitzroy Stars, it's starting to get to a stage where they just they have to win games like this. And, and they host Altham. We know they've already beaten the Panthers this year. And it's also a game for, for Altham that they suddenly can't afford to lose because all of a sudden they're losing touch with the top two. So every game certainly has something riding on it this weekend. Yeah, every game has, has a lot going for it. And I think the, the one I'll, I will focus on is that St. Mary's Whittlesey matchup because these are sides that St. Mary's obviously were so dominant in Division 3 last season and we know that they always wanted to be competitive in Division 2. But Whittlesey were a side that in Division 1 were, were very competitive and were relatively unlucky to be relegated last season. So uh, they're, a, they're a Division One calibre side, and we go into this match and we say, well, this could really go either way. So it's it's just amazing to see uh, how close that gap is between all three divisions. And remembering the last time the sides played, so I think this is about, off the top of my head, I'm going to say it's about round five, but St Mary's travelled to the showgrounds, and at the time, um, I think they hadn't had a win, or they might have just come off uh, beating the uh, the Epping Footy Club, but um, they, they were... Right in the game all the way through, but just kicked poorly. 6-21, they kicked to Whittlesey's 13-7. So I know they've ended up losing the game by you know close enough to, to 30 points, but they'll think that you know 28-point losers last time had more scoring shots, come in three straight wins, and all of a sudden, if they were to win that, you'd say that maybe they are just a, a very, very slight chance to perhaps jump into the top four come season's end, albeit they have to probably win every game from there. But... It's going to be yeah, a really important game, and as all of them are coming up this weekend. Before we go to our look at Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, we have been fortunate enough to catch up with the coach of the Diamond Creek Football Club, Craig Hayes, and he gave us his thoughts on the weekend's season-defining win over the Altham Footy Club and what that might mean for his side going forward. Here's the coach of Diamond Creek, Craig Hayes. Craig, obviously it was a massive game knowing that a loss potentially put you six points outside the top four. Is that as good as you've played this season in, in downing Altham at the weekend? Oh, look, Sam, that's probably as good as we've played in 18 months, I reckon. We were, um, you know, we were pretty uh, pretty strong in all areas for four quarters. So as far as a four-quarter effort, the pressure and the intent and ball usage were was as good as we've had. So we yeah, had really pleasing results. You obviously got, went going into the, the game itself. You've had some close losses in parts to sides inside the top four. I think it was the first time you've beaten a top four side this year. And if you took away the result you'd had against Banyul, um, I think all other games the the margin was around about that three goal mark. So you're probably due in in some ways. But how I guess how much emphasis did you put on the game going in, knowing that basically your season was potentially riding on it? Yeah, it was funny. We actually went the other way and just focused more on um, just how we want to play. We didn't speak about the results or the consequences. Um, we were fairly disappointed um, with our effort against Whittlesey as far as scoreboard pressure. Like up, up until three-quarter time, we'd had one shot less than Whittlesey. So we felt, we were, in general play, we were playing well enough. We were restricting oppositions pretty well. We just hadn't put the scoreboard pressure on, so we just had a bit more of a focus on maintaining what we were doing well and making sure we, we were able to execute in front of goal. And, and that was probably all we did. We didn't speculate the result at all. So. The, the game itself, obviously, you, you got the, the the better start, kicked the opening three goals, but by half time it was basically even again. You, you're just a few points in front. But that third quarter, five goals to two, you broke the game open to, to take a 26-point lead. What was it in the third quarter that you felt that you got on top in? And, and also, what was, I guess, the message out of half time to produce such a such a result? Oh, look, we, it was fairly... The condition on Saturday was a, there was a fairly strong breeze going to one end. So the third term we had had the breeze. So the focus was just getting the footy to good areas inside inside forward fifty, just continuing to win the contested ball um, through the middle of the ground, um, and just trying to get some more of those quick 
quick entries inside 30 rather than the tip of the arc. Um, we did speak briefly about to a couple of boats if they were um, 50 metres or thereabouts out to go back and have that set shot. And um, well, I'm not sure whether you saw the game, but Jacob Booth, it would, it would have been a 60 metre goal. It was yeah. a beautiful kick. So we just spoke about just taking those opportunities in front of goal. And even though you might be some distance out, just back yourself in. And then the last quarter itself, then obviously with the breeze to, to keep them goalless and, and kick to yourself to, to run away with it, that must have been equally pleasing. Yeah, that was probably the most pleasing of the quarters. We went probably a little bit more of a smaller mobile forward line and, and just spoke about tackle pressure and, and contested ball again. Um, you know, our defence has been great for probably a month now, restricting opposition. So we were pretty confident we could we could hold them out as long as we had um, our half forwards and our mids working hard enough um, to create that pressure. And look, that's, as it turned out, that's, that's how it did. And, and look, the rain came at uh, the start of the last quarter, so that certainly helped us as well. You talked at the start about, I guess, the maybe the best performance in the past 18 months. I'd be interested in, in your take on, on how you've seen um, the club's performance over over that period of time. Obviously, there was the grand final appearance in 2017. Um, I mean, last year, obviously, we know how the season um, concluded and, and the agony of missing the finals there. And, and this year, right back in the finals race, albeit at the moment sitting in fifth. But what have you made of, I guess, that period since losing the 2017 grand final to North Heidelberg? Yeah, it's, been, it's, it's a good question. Look, it's it's been a turnover of players. We sort of went through it the other night, and even on the weekend, we had six boys who could still play under nineteen playing in the ones. Then we had another four who were under twenty, another four who were under twenty-two. So the side I have currently is younger than when I first took over five years ago. So the transition from that grand final side is we've just seen a lot of experience. Um, have retired or given the f- football away because of injury, and um, and our recruiting, um, we've just again suffered some injuries with some key recruits this year and just haven't had them available. So we just you know, we just continue to play our youth, and and with that we're getting mixed results, I suppose. You talk about the injuries there. Obviously, Tom Bennett, one of those, only played the one game which he was injured in back in round one. Hugh Cavan has played five. Josh Marchbank and Ryan Pingree, the six matches, and I guess have now put a month of footy together. But um, obviously, that plays a big part. How are those guys tracking as as you get towards the back half of the season? Yeah, so look, unfortunately for us, Tom Bennett will um, he'll take that further part. He, he broke his scaphoid, which is a a very tricky bone to heal, mm-hmm. um, so he 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 won't play another game, um, which is unfortunate. But um, that's just the way it goes. Um, and then you, Kavanaugh, we're hopeful we'll see you back before the end of the year. And, and now Marchi and, and Pingers are both back playing. Uh, it's just now some continuity for them. Um, so Pingers has been really strong for us up forward. He's probably our most consistent forward at this point in time. And and Marchie's just a wonderful ruckman. Like we're so lucky to have him. Um, and that period when he wasn't there, Nick Barrow and, and James Marchbank did a great job filling in, but it's it's really good to have him back now. Yep. Obviously, got a really important game this coming weekend. You've got the Banyul Footy Club, who's obviously top of the ladder, did a number on you last time around. I'd imagine you're obviously looking for a much better performance, but it is a really crucial game, knowing that if you can get an upset result and you can potentially push yourself back inside the top four. And I think there's a few sides obviously fighting for that uh, same third or fourth position at the moment, but obviously a big opportunity awaits against the side that at this stage is the Premiership favourite. Yeah, I think they deserve that title. Right? They've, um, they've only sort of had the one hiccup with uh, a good win by St Mary's, but uh, yeah, they, they were comprehensively beaten the last time we played them. So we just look forward to obviously having another go at, at correcting a few things that we had that didn't quite work out, I suppose, against them last time. And um, just a stronger performance. We're not going to again. We won't put too much emphasis on what the result may or may not mean. It's just let's go out and play. You know, let's try and replicate the brand of footy we were able to play against Belton and see where that takes us. And that's the challenge for the young group is that's the best we've played for such a long time. Good teams are able to play at that level over a period of time. So that's what we're looking to try and get from our group at the moment. But you know, I think if we can you know, reproduce what we delivered against Belton, we're as good a chance as anyone. 
I'd be really interested to see, I guess, your point of view for, for someone who's been involved in, in second division now for, for quite a number of years, your, your thoughts on, on the competition as a whole. It's been a, an amazing season whereby, obviously, maybe the exception of Banyol at the top and, and Epping at the at the bottom end, everyone else has really had, had their moments throughout. And, I mean, even a side like Whittlesey, you know, a couple of weeks ago looked vulnerable inside the four, now sitting outright second. I'd just really like to get your thoughts on, on where you see, the, I guess, the, the health of the competition at the moment. Oh, the competition's really, really strong. You can't, uh, you can't go into a week where you're not, um, not playing your best footy. Otherwise, you're going to get beaten, no matter who you're playing. And uh, I think St Mary's is a is a really good point in case. Like up until their win against um, Banyul, uh, they had more scoring shots than Whittlesea, more scoring shots than us, more scoring shots than Altham. So they would generate a lot of footy. So, so they're, they're tricky opposition. You can't underestimate anyone. I wouldn't underestimate Epping either. Like they can, they've had their moments through the course of the year. Um, and again, if you come into a game not fully prepared, you're crazy. You're going to get beaten. That's just the way it is. So the competition's really healthy in that regard. And just one final one. I know you've mentioned that you're obviously not looking. Um, I mean, in terms of what particular results could potentially mean, given how close the, the competition currently is, and, and yourselves just sitting two points out. But um, at any stage, do, do you reference back to, I guess, the anguish you experienced at, at the end of last year, and, and use that potentially as, as motivation to drive your side with now, I think, five games left before we actually hit the finals as well. No, not at all. History, all, all history should tell you is that there's learnings to be taken from that. And if you're reliant on uh, a disappointing result to find um, uh, more motivation from, I, I don't know that's the way to go. And I don't know how long that would last during the course of the game. I'm just a big believer in preparation uh, and execution and really just that intent once you get there to match day. Like, we'll do all our prep, no different to any other week, uh, no matter what the opposition and we'll have certain areas that we'll, we think are uh, key indicators that we need to address. Um, and then we refocus on on how we're playing and what, we're, what we need to do to put the opposition under pressure. So, no, I'm not a big believer in trying to use that as a motivation. It's just that's a learning. You know, they beat us last time we played them because they played a certain way. So we need to be able to negate that by doing this. And that's... That's it for me. I, I, if you're looking for that motivation, I, I just don't think it lasts long enough to get a productive result. No, well, I really appreciate your, your insight there and, and uh, your time in, in joining us on the NFNL podcast. Obviously, a great result at the weekend and, and wish you the best of luck against Banyol this week and in the hunt for, for fighting for that uh, third and fourth spot in 2019. No worries, Thanks very much, Mark. Great to hear from Craig Hayes there as we turn our attention now to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. We're in round 13. There were wins for the top two sides. We saw Lorimer head out to JJ Clancy Reserve and record a 10-goal 12-72 to 5-goal 7-37 win over Kilmore. Panton Hill also travelled to Mill Park Lakes Reserve where they defeated South Morang 10-6-66 to 5-goal 7-37. The... Old Altham Collegians caused an upset, 6 goals, 9.45, downing Heidelberg West, 6.5.41. That's despite not kicking a goal after half time. And Reservoir, 9.761, went down to Mernda, 15.15.105. Jared Gardner, what do we make of all of that action from round 13? Yeah, some huge, some huge results in, in Division 3, and um, obviously Lorimer and Panton Hill flexing their muscles, but Old Altham Collegians getting a, a big win over Heidelberg, Heidelberg West side, which is... Got a few wins on the board in the last few weeks and we're looking to get on a roll, but um, the Turtles just stopped them in their tracks and, and get another win on the board. And that, that game at Chris Park at Reservoir and Mernda, Mernda get it done 40, 44 points, but there's a lot of positives to take for Reservoir. Yeah, absolutely. We knew they've obviously got new coaches on board now, so uh, obviously have, have parted ways with, with Dave Nelson. So um, it was, you know, it can go two ways when, when something like that happens, but it seems to have galvanised them and to you know lose by 44 points to a side that's right in the finals hunt, um, given from you know where Reservoir's coming from from the past couple of years. It's, it's, it's positive and this weekend, it's I mean not a blockbuster game, but certainly for them and Layla, they meet and it's an important game for both because it's been a tough campaign between them. Just the one win, which Layla scored on Anzac Day when they downed Reservoir. So both sides go into that game knowing that with you know winning opportunities few and far between this year, that it's a massive opportunity that presents. We talked about Old Altham Collegians and 
We know St Mary's is the side in, in second division that the top four or top five, those in finals contention, they don't want to meet St Mary's because they're a danger side. Well, old Altham Collegians is very much that in, in third division. They very nearly beat Lorimer last week and now they've scored a win against Heidelberg West. Heavy ground, low scoring game, but they get the win. They will have a chat uh, shortly to, to their coach, John Garrard. But now at three wins and a draw from 11 rounds and a, a healthy enough percentage as well, around that 75 mark, they are, they've made a, a good introduction into the league given the fact that they really battled last year to just get, just get numbers on the park. And I think they've, they've, what they're doing now is, is providing a building block to, from which they can you know go forward in, in years to come as well. Yeah, and I think they might look at a team like Lorimer who... Three, I think it's three, four years ago they came into the competition and um, they they built off a really solid foundation and have now found themselves undefeated in in Division Three. So Old Artham can kind of look at a team like that and say, "This is where we want to be in a few years' time." Well, I think Kieran Malone's been a really, really good in for them because he was, I guess, a player who could well be playing Division One football and. All of a sudden, he went to Banyul a few years ago. Uh, after he went to Altham, went to, to Banyul, played in a premiership. And he's had a, a massive impact on, on their club. And we've mentioned it in, in recent weeks as well. But him coming in has, has coincided with their form, you know, really improving. And I don't think that's a, a coincidence at all. At the weekend, he kicked the three goals. He uh, now sits on top of their goal kicking with the 13 goals in, in just six games. And uh, he's been a, a really good addition for their footy club and um, if we look at the other two results obviously Panton Hill we've mentioned a few times have now gone a game and percentage clear it was a lot closer than the previous time they met South Morang where they won by over 20 goals this time 29 points was the winning margin but just an important one for, for them to record it wasn't a high scoring game at all in the end it was probably the, the third quarter where they kicked three goals to one that separated them but the one that I, I guess I saw it live and, and obviously for mine had it I took plenty away from it was, was the game out at, at JJ Clancy Reserve between Kilmore and Lorimer. Um, obviously, we did it as the, the radio broadcast game. There was issues with the power, unfortunately. There was a power outage in the Kilmore area from about quarter past three onwards. It meant, unfortunately, we couldn't bring the broadcast after half time, but a power outage on in the area, but not on the ground at all because Lorimer, after quarter time, were absolutely dominant. It's funny, Kilmore made them made Lorimer look slow and, and a bit lazy in the first term. Kilmore's spread was outstanding. Um, were able to move the ball you know, really cleanly from defence through to attack and um, with players like Chris Ryle having a really big impact early, Ben Cooney, Shane Skidmore as well. They were on top, kicked the first three goals, 20 points in front and, and looking really good. But thereafter, it was, it was one-way traffic the other way and, and in the end, a 35-point defeat for Kilmore was... was Probably flattering. They only kicked two goals after quarter time, and Lorimer was really in control of that one. So I like the game of, of Josh Leather in the ruck. He was really important. Jacob uh, Lawson's becoming a really good senior player, and, and Mitch Thompson's just about. I mean, he probably is the best player in, in third division. Um, has played some, you know, Division One and two footy at Hurstbridge, and dominant through the midfield. But the one player who could have the biggest say in Lorimer's premiership push, push could be. Mitch Golby, so he's kind of just snuck in under the radar, played two games now, but an ex-AFL player coming into the season when you're already undefeated, I mean, that's really telling, and um, you know, links up with his former Lions teammate in Justin Sherman, but it's not often you get a third division side with two former AFL players in the, in the mix. Yeah, exactly, and we were speaking about this a bit earlier off air, that Banyul, when they won their Premiership from Division 3, had Scott Gumbleton, um, but is that to have two players linking up in third division is just a huge get for the Lorimer Footy Club, and obviously you bring in an ex AFL player as as a coach in, in Justin Sherman. They've obviously got those connections, but um, yeah, it's great to see Mitch Golby out there for Lorimer, and um, it'll be huge for them come their finals run. I will pose a question to you because last week on the podcast we were talking about. Division 3 and Lorimer and Panton Hill were the two sides and you kind of threw Kilmore in there as the, the one side that could really challenge. Does that result on the weekend change your view of Kilmore at all? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because as impressive as Lorimer was, Kilmore was probably equally disappointing. I know internally they were really disappointed with the performance they produced, but the fact that they could keep Panton Hill to three goals still, I think, for mine, keeps them right in the equation. 
really like the way they moved the ball in the first term when conditions were probably at their best. So I just think if you get to you know, big rounds again in finals, which we know we're going to have, whether it's uh, Epping or, or Whittlesea or wherever they play, that they, their ball movement's really good. Um, I think potentially, though, I do worry that it's a it's quite a young side. I just think if you look at Lorimer and Panton Hill, they've got their they've got more experience splattered through their team as well. So particularly at the, at the key ends of the field. So maybe with with more ball forward players like well, for Panton Hill, Boyden and Byron for Lorimer, whether it's uh, obviously Golby, you know, Dallas King, even um, you know, Jesse McKinnon as well, and, and Jackson Cecil that. They may be able to get a hold of you if you if you get a mi- on top in the midfield battle. But for, for Kilmore, I'd, I can you know forgive them for for one bad result. They've been up for a very long time. I think it was five games in a row that they they had one going in. So keep them in the mix. But I think that they have to be at their best. They can't afford to be you know below that to to beat these top two sides in the it, finals. It might almost be a case of because I remember about four or five years ago, going out to Division Three games and seeing St. Mary's at that time, they, they'd built that really young list and they were challenging the top sides but just weren't able to get it done come finals time. I think Kilmore, it might just be a little bit too early for them. It might be next year or the year after where they're really the dominant side in Division Three. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a great point. It, it takes St. Mary's a while that they just had that, that finals curse where they couldn't yeah. win a finals game and kept losing by pretty close margins. But when you go through the Kilmore side at the weekend, you look, they've got... Um, obviously, Jeremy Topham is a star. He's 19 years of age. Chris Riles just turned 20. Um, you've got oh, like Riley McLaughlin, 18 years of age. Grant Paxton, 19. Shane Skidmore, 19. Uh, the two Binion boys, boys who played are, are both under 21 years of age. So it's a very, very young side when you look at the ages there. But I know Lorimer's got an equally similar young mix, but their experienced players have, have been around the traps for, for quite some time and, and played higher levels who can kind of guide those, those younger ones coming through. So um, as I said, I, I can excuse Kilmore f- for that performance, but was really impressed with Lorimer, knowing that what was at stake. We know that they're probably, regardless, not going to lose first spot even going into that one, but... They really seem to have set themselves for that one, and after you know a, a shaky performance against Old Elf in the week prior, they they were really really good, and especially after a slow start to win the way they did, all the hallmarks of a, of a very good side that can uh, do some big things later in the year. So that was round thirteen. It looks at round fourteen. We've got Panton Hill at home to Old Eltham Collegians. So we said the Turtles. They're, they're a side that's. Being, being produced some, some pretty competitive results against top sides in recent weeks, which included a win at the weekend. So they'll take some confidence, but the Redbacks, surely the favourites. Heidelberg West at home to Lorimer. Big game, particularly for the Hawks. They need a scalp to improve their finals chances. We've talked about Laylor taking on Reservoir, an opportunity for both. That game at Laylor Reserve. And then South Morang is at home to Kilmore. Mernda has the buy. So we know, Jared, that... When you look at the lower end of the top four, we're really looking at fourth spot. I think the top three, you can safely say, will play finals. They're well clear, and in Panton Hill and Kilmore's case, have a game up their sleeve as well. But you've got the South Morang Footy Club on 26 points. The uh, Heidelberg West Footy Club uh, is also on Sorry, is on 24 points, and Mernda on 24 points. Two points separate three teams. One of those has a bye this week. The other two host sides inside the top three. Massive opportunity if you can claim an upset win to really push yourself above that pack. Do you think either of South Morang hosting Kilmore or Heidelberg West hosting Lorimer can produce that win this weekend? I think both sides are definitely in for the chance. Heidelberg West will be have a bit of fire in the belly after that loss to Old Altham because you don't want to lose to... Um, sides below you on the ladder and, and they really want to look for a, a final spot this year, uh, especially after the way they started the year. They they kind of yeah. thought they were kind well, of... Five and zip they were and yeah. they've gone pear-shaped since. Yeah, so they, they will quite, they will look to, to secure a final spot, but South and Rang as well, they, they're they a team that they can beat this Kilmore side and they're a side that's been so good in Division 3 for a while now, so I, I think both sides are in with a very good chance. Obviously, Hardberg West is going to have a tougher task going against the undefeated Lorimer side. So if if either team's going to win at the moment, I'd say South Morang, but I think Hardberg West are definitely in with a shot. Yeah, well, we know South Morang beat Kilmore in round one this year. That game away from home, going before the weekend, it was Kilmore's only home loss. Now, obviously, that also includes a defeat to Lorimer. But South Morang, they're improving 
week by week. We saw that despite losing at the weekend, how much they were able to close the gap from their first loss to Panton Hill to their second loss. But now they come up against the Kilmore side, which probably needs just one more win like this to absolutely seal their, their final spot. So they'll be disappointed from their performance last week and looking for a response. So that doesn't work in South Rank's favour, but I, I agree. I think if either of those two are going to get a win between the Hawks and the Lions, I think the Lions probably have the bigger opportunity. So it's it's a big week coming up. Obviously, Mernda will sit it out and hope that those two sides around them on the ladder both lose, but it could be a really decisive round, round 14, if one of those two could claim a win against a top three side. We are going to close out this week's uh, podcast with a chat with the coach of the Old Altham Collegians Football Club in John Garra. They have now secured a third win in their inaugural campaign in the NFNL, and we had a chat with John after what's arguably the club's best win since joining the Northern Football Netball League. John, obviously it's more than satisfying to, to get another victory on the board. What did you make of the performance at the weekend against Heidelberg West? Oh, I think it was just a fantastic four-quarter effort for the first time this year. Uh, we almost um, put together a, a four-quarter game the week before against Laura, and it was just pleasing that uh, we could finally get one together after 12 games into the year. The second quarter, was that the best you've played this year? Five goals to two to take a 15-point lead into half-time, given you're playing a side that was certainly needing to win to, to stay right in the finals hunt. It's obviously a, a great performance to, to produce something like that in that second term. Uh, probably wasn't our best performance for the year, but on the scoreboard and accuracy-wise, it definitely was. I think um, we've played better quarters, but really haven't impacted the scoreboard like we did in that in those conditions and in, in that game situation where we had a bit of a, a wind advantage and um, seemed to be kicking very straight and accurate for a change. The I guess the wind, it was an arm wrestle after half time. It's not often that you record only four behinds in a, in a half in the second half and, and hold on for the win, but uh, what did you make of it after the main break? Oh, to be honest, I didn't even realise that we hadn't scored a goal after half time. Uh, there was a lot of close calls one hit the post, one was touched that we thought over the line, uh, a couple of other goals that could have gone um, our way that were called behinds and all of a sudden you're, in, you're still in front of the scoreboard and that was the main thing I was focusing on. Yeah. The fact that we hadn't scored a goal after halftime um, was insignificant really. How, what are you made of, of the season as a whole? Obviously, um, you've been with the, the club for some time and, and obviously last year was, was a, a struggle before coming across to the Northern Footy Netball League, but what have you made of, of your first campaign uh, coming back into the league? Oh, I've been really wrapped with the, the way we've been performing. I think our, our goal at the start of the year was to be competitive and to to get a, a brand out in the, uh, the local area that Elson College is a competitive half-team hard team to play against and um, so far we've, we've we've achieved that goal. You look at, obviously it's always going to take some, some time to, to find your feet in a, in a new competition but um, you look at, I guess, the, the recent results and the games obviously that you've won now with three wins um, including wins over Laylor and Reservoir before the weekend. You had the, the draw in there as well and, and some competitive defeats away to both um, Lorimer and Kilmore but in particular that, that one at, at Lorimer the week prior where you're up for most of the day. I know you, you don't hold on but there was obviously really encouraging signs from that performance that you've come a long way in a short period of time. Yeah, definitely. From um, well, We go back all the way to the season launch when our president, Ben, was speaking to you and said, why not finals? And I think that's pretty much been our approach the whole year. I mean, we, we just wanted to go out there and be competitive and win games, but um, you always want to strive and be competitive against those teams playing in the finals. And um, our motto was always, why not finals? And probably if things had gone our way in some other games, we, we could have been pushing those other sides um, for that spot before. What's the morale been like around the club as well? Obviously, it's um, great to see, obviously, the, the amount of players I know you've had on the track throughout pre-season, but now that you're into to competition, what's the, the mood been like around camp throughout the 2019 campaign? Oh, the mood's been fantastic. All the, the new guys that are coming to the club um, have really embraced the, the culture that we um, have put together and, and brought from that amateur's background where the love of the game is, is more important than the money or anything else involved in it and mateship and camaraderie, the things that, the pillars that we're built on. 
um, I think the, our results and the improvement has continued in upward since round one based on the fact that we've had, I think it's 28 guys that have debuted for the club in, in seniors this year and we used about 45 different blokes um, through the senior side. So there's opportunities there. Everyone's um, getting a taste of senior football. Everyone's pushing hard on the track for spots and our twos are, are sitting third in the ladder as well because we do have that depth and we do have that camaraderie and, and guys pushing uh, each other to improve every week. Has there been any particular players along the way that have impressed you throughout the campaign thus far? Well, I think every week everyone's continuing to impress every one of the clubs, digging deep, getting around their mates, improving every week, learning, wanting to learn. Um, the professionalism professionalism from an amateur's base um, is slowly progressing more and more every week. Um, things like video analysis and being able to watch the games and see what you're doing you're doing wrong or where you can improve has been a fantastic asset for us to, as coaches to be able to teach guys on what they need to do to improve and um, and everyone's just embraced it coming from amateurs where you're ringing people on a Thursday to come and play regardless of their fitness or their commitment levels just so you can get a side together to blokes rocking up every Tuesday asking what, what do I need to do to, to get into the seniors, what do I need to do to improve, how can we get better it's just an awesome um, experience as a coach to, to see the differences between last year and, and this year um, the I guess the inclusion um, at the midway point of the season of, of Kieran Malone's been a, a really healthy injection into the, the footy club. He's now leading your goal kicking and has played an in, instrumental part in I guess getting those improved results. He's obviously been a key figure in, in getting those those wins in, in recent times. Yeah, Kieran's been fantastic um, asset to the club. I've known Kieran for for a while. Uh, played cricket with him at research and coached him at Ban Newell's assistant coach when he was over there and he's a, a local boy um, who also went to the college himself so, so to get him on board has, has been fantastic and the fact that he missed most of last year with a, with a broken leg um, he was hampered in pre-season at, at Ban Newell and probably wanted a, a bit of a fresh start and I sort of tried to just play him more forward than on ball and then he started kicking a few goals and sort of just kept in there. And I guess now from, from here to the end of the season, I think it's uh, obviously still five games to go. You take on Panton Hill this week. Um, you've got some, some winnable ones amongst the, amongst the five coming up, but what's the, the goal for from here until the end of the season? Oh, the, the goal is, like I mentioned before, why not finals? We're in all five. We'd probably make finals by the look of the, the, uh, the fixture. Um, so that's that's definitely our first goal. Uh, but if not, it's just to, to finish out the season on a high and, and uh, continue to improve and build towards next season. Well, John, really appreciate your time in joining us on the NFNL podcast. Well done on the fantastic win at the weekend in Downing Heidelberg West and, and good luck for, for the remaining five games. And as you say, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens as a result of all of that. Yep, thanks, Sam. Appreciate it.